Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on the search for love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall, and I'm mad. Yeah, you're fuming. You're like a, <laughs> a, a cartoon wolf. There is like steam coming out of your ears. Obviously. I have some things to say tonight. It's going to get awkward for some people, and I'm starting with you, Kyle. By the way, we should just say that we're unqualified in the advice we're going to give on this podcast, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, people know we're unqualified. We're 33 episodes in. I'm very disappointed in you, Kyle. <laughs> I legitimately am disappointed in you. I'm Thank you. That's exactly what I to, wanted to hear tonight. Yeah. Yeah, listen, like I know that you have some aversion to to, to conflict, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I'm I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. Okay. I feel like we were promised group sex. It did not happen. <laughs> We were promised this epic love story with Wing Commander. That did not happen. I feel like that nickname was given in vain. Like it just did not have any sort of sort of wings, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah, no lift Exactly. Off. And I just want to say this in a nice way. Like I was out today and I was like, I how do I express to Kyle what I'm feeling in my heart and in my mind. And so I went over to the card section and I just got you this card and it says, get better soon. And I'm not giving you that card because you're ill. I'm giving you that card because I just want you to do better. When you say do better though, what do you, what do you mean? I want you to try harder. I am I want trying you to so try hard. Harder. You know what? You don't understand just... how many more dates I've gone on in the last three weeks because I get in my head like Jennifer Sanford is going to get on my case <laughs> on this podcast episode. They didn't do anything, so I'm going to do it. And then I go and I have a fine evening, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. This isn't. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, this is my whole thing. Is you know, we spent a lot of days together last week, which I feel like might also be part of the problem because I feel like I'm distracting you from your goal. You're like, yeah, I'm kind of, we went out and, and I was like, you know, do you want, do you like this guy? Do you want to, do you want to bang? And you're like, no, like you're so melancholy. You are the Kirsten Dunst of dating in the city. Like what is going on with you? This is actually a great question to start this episode off with. I really do feel so caught between what I want to have and versus what is readily available to me. And I can't help but get caught in that awful conundrum of like, well, like they check off seven out of the 10 things that I've written down on my list, but they don't have the other three things. So maybe if I try harder, there'll be this other magical unicorn person that'll come along. They'll check off all 10. So I'm like constantly mm. dissatisfied because like, well, like they're fine, I guess. But are they like amazing? I don't know. And then I don't want to waste their time because it's like, well, I'm not amazing. So like, why would I force them oh. to continue the charade if if i'm not like 100 percent into it but on the flip side of that i have to like be rational about things and be like kyle you are waiting for something that doesn't exist sometimes when you're looking at someone it is like trying to put a marshmallow in a parking meter it has three phases to it ridiculous miserable and a mess <laughs> 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 um which I, is actually three things i would describe my dating life as so 
let's just roll through like what's happened this week because we're well, so we're so let down about the group sex. Like I, I feel well, let's, let's pause there, Jen. You are let down by the group sex. I don't think anyone has written in saying really disappointing, Kyle, for not engaging in group uh, sexual relations. You underestimate our fan base, but go on. Let's put on a um, a moniker of sorts. So let's let's call them New York State of Mind. Okay, we'll call this person New York State of Mind. Okay. My descriptors are getting longer and longer, but uh, we match on Hinge. And to be brutally honest, too, you know that the thing you get into, you have to make this almost like split second decision of like, do I say yes or do I say no? Do I swipe left or do I swipe right? And so like, you know what? The the comments these written down, the pictures, like they, they, they look intriguing enough that I'm going to do a swipe right. We start talking. We decide to go and meet up. We eventually Kyle, go out. already overthinking, already overthinking. I think maybe you're underthinking, Jen. Maybe that's your problem because <laughs> you're not thinking oh, enough. God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm thinking <laughs> plenty. Carry on. We do a first date. That was last week. I didn't mention it a whole lot, but we, we go on this first date. We go for drinks, have some ramen afterwards. It's actually a great time. Had a good conversation. I was like, you know what? I'm open to having a second date. Did you go home with him? No, no. I'm a gentleman. All right, Jen. Oh, I'm a gentleman. Right, I forgot. I forgot. Okay, carry no, on. No, I to be <laughs> This is what you might have been alluding to at the beginning of the episode. I went into that date being like, I'm tired. I just want to talk and go home. Like I do not want to do anything else. If we went back to his place, I would fall asleep and that is just not a good time. Anyways, have some drinks. It's not Major Tom's greatness, but it was it was fine. So we have our drinks, part our ways. We keep uh, texting each other because we decided to do a second date. I, of course, always have to lead off with I am this movie fan. Some would call pretentious about it. And then he wants to know what my favorite films are, which I always have to be like, okay, what movies can I actually say are my favorite movies rather than like getting into the weeds with this of like some obscure 1930s film that no one has ever heard of. Honest. Only Kyle would sit there and go, I like the Care Bears movies. (laughs) <laughs> and they just stare at him lots of heart for life um yep. okay so so it's like you know what honestly two of my favorite films jaws the princess bride those are kind of my two general go-to answers for movies that i like a lot and then he was like oh well why don't you come over to my place and we can watch one of those hint hint like i i, I know what's coming up here so we meet for coffee first we go for a walk we go back to his place we start jaws and we're watching it and this is, of course, the hilarious thing where I'm still under the impression that we're actually there to watch the movie. <laughs> oh, no. For the first, I would say, about an hour. I'm like, I'm actually watching the movie. I'm like, oh, this is my oh. favorite part because this thing happens. And do you know like the backstory behind this thing? Being a total fucking nerd. Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, where Kyle is like Bambi on his first day of everything. Yeah, just like splayed out on the ice trying to stand. He gets a little bit closer to me on the couch. I'm still watching the movie. He gets even closer to me on the couch. I'm still watching the movie. He gets so close to me that our knees are touching. And I'm like, Roy Scheider was a really great actor when you really think about it. And I'm just like going off on this stuff. And finally, (sighs) he makes his move and he's like, fucking shut up. And he like... (laughs) puts his arm around me, he like drapes over top of my leg, we start making out, 
were kind of on the couch. And at that point, I'm like, should we pause the movie maybe? Because like the screams of people in the background isn't really doing it for me <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. So maybe we'll just pause the movie just, just for the time <laughs> being. Uh, we proceed to go to the bedroom. We do get unclothed. We have some fun times. And then we finish watching Jaws. And that was our date. Do you like this guy? Yes, I find him interesting. I feel like I shouldn't say what I want to say, so I don't know if I should say this on the podcast or not. Just in case he ever listens. Uh, here's two things that happen. And see, this is the thing. It's like the 7.5 out of 10, right? Like, things were good. But, like, the conversation was good. He's an interesting person. I like what he does. He's funny. Like, there's all these things that are checked off my list. And yet, it's like... This is the dumbest reason, Jen, and I'm going to say this out loud. And I'm going to feel like the dumbest person in the world. <laughs> oh, God. His beard stubble gave me burns on my on my cheek. He gave me, like, <laughs> Rug burn. hair burns on my cheek. Yeah, razor burns, basically, on my cheek. Isn't that a stupid thing? I, but it, 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 it's a real thing that happened. Like, it, yeah. it hurt after. <laughs> yeah. And for the next day, it hurt after. I'm like, oh, I should have to get an ointment on this face because of the, <laughs> the scratches that I have on my face. Um, he also bruised my nipples, but that's a story for another day too. So, but like, well, yeah, wait, I, what did he do to them that he bruised them? There was some light biting that was <gasps> going on. <laughs> he bit you. Do you like to be bit? I do actually. It was a thing oh. that I enjoyed, but it was, but they did hurt the next day. Anyway, so you use the safe word pineapple. Yeah, yeah. My safe word probably shouldn't have been jaws. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think we're I think we're gonna go on. Here's the other thing. This is like Schrodinger's relationship that's going on here too. Is that there's this guy who is an actual person who's actually expressed interest, who actually mm -hmm. wants to do things with me. When you're hearing this episode, I will be in New York City at that point. And really, it is like put up or shut up at that point. I am prepared to go and speak my feelings this stupid crush that I have had for like the last six or seven months and just lay it out on the line and just be, is it yes or no? And then go from there and see what's going on. And I think that's really freaking my bean is honestly what's going on because it's like, well, there's this person that's really here versus this like imagined relationship that's of course perfect because it's in my mind, but is not a real thing but I do want to pursue. I, I think, honestly, that's what's causing the issue here more than anything. And, of course, we continually come back to the same exact thing. I, can get, I, I get to play my soundboard here again, is sabotage. Sabotage! Like, this is self-sabotage at its finest because I won't allow myself to be happy in the moment because of some perceived better times in the future that don't exist. Well, I think it's actually more complicated than that. Like, first of all, for using the turn of phrase, freaking my bean, you should go to prison. Honestly, so just report right there you, in the morning. That you, was the terrible. The cops are coming to my house right now. That actually. was terrible. That's that's a thought crime, honestly. The second thing is, is that I don't think you should be that hard on yourself for wanting to be a good guy. I do think that there's an underpinning of you not wanting to lead someone else on when you have an unexplored opportunity with somebody else. That said, I think you amplify your good guyness by applying like a thick veneer of self-sabotage ointment to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong in my write in if you disagree, nothing wrong with taking it super casual with New York state of mind before mm -hmm. you're with New York that's already in your mind, right? I think it's okay to keep it casual 
and and then explore what's in New York with an, with an open heart. I think if you play your cards really carefully here and you uphold the dignity of everyone involved, I mean, if you go, if you go out with this hinge guy mm-hmm. every day and it's some, developing into something serious, then you're then you're in trouble because then you're being not honest and transparent. Right. But I know you want to keep a big runway for this this guy in New York. I know you want to keep a big runway for him, and I think that that's okay. I know you well. Also, I know you're going to get on my case for this. Like in my mind, what that actually translates into is me doing that and getting shut down immediately. And then I'm just in New York feeling sorry for myself for seven days. <laughs> and then that's my life. Yeah. I have no sympathy for you because I asked to go to New York with you and I like did all of the stages of grief. Like you said yeah. no. And it was like denial, sadness, bargaining, anger, more anger. The third stage of anger, acceptance. I still have this hunch that I am going to turn a corner in New York City and you're just going to be standing there like, whoa, weird. <laughs> weird, you're <here."> man. <laughs> or you're going to be seeing like a matinee on Broadway and you'll sit down Tap and the theater the will be empty and I'll just be in the seat beside you like, this is so wild. <laughs> no, I hear you when you when you said that you'd rather be dead than have me come. I I heard that, no, I did, and I, I did not say that <laughs> at I, all. I can take it. I can take it. I'm a big girl. I said it would be weird for you to come when you're not staying in the same place when we're not going to see the same yeah. things. Which it, it would just be tr- weird. Which translation for Kyle is: you're welcome to come, but you can't stay where I'm staying. Don't fly on the same plane with me, and don't see any of the shows I'm seeing. Like that. Like let's be honest. That that's they're sold what you out, said. Jan. The show are sold out that you couldn't get into them you know what broadway show shows are like renting a car at an airport there's mm. always a car but that's fine i i respect your boundaries and the fact that you don't want to hang out with me outside of this podcast that's fine i mean it's choices but it's you know i respect your... i'm gonna send you a picture from the new york ballet being like wish you were here heart symbol yeah you <laughs> son of a bitch okay how are you how has your week been it's funny because i'm in the exact same boat as you where I'm struggling between what I have versus what's readily available to me, right? What I want versus what's readily available to me. Um, That resonated with me. I have to say that, you know, I have these moments where I'm super enjoying my time with Jesus. And then I have other moments where like, I watch him try to put on a shoe for like four whole minutes. (laughs) And I just think, I picked this. I picked (laughs) this for myself. So... You know, I have moments where I'm like doing what I do, right? Which is one foot out of the canoe and one foot in. And I'm kind of reaching that point where I've either got to put both feet in or I've got to just uh, sell the canoe. So that's kind of where I'm at. I have to say that I'm I'm kind of verklempt because I really feel like who I am has no place to belong. What do you mean? Like I'm still having, <laughs> just to carry on from last week. I'm still having what I'm calling the 3 a.m. crisis summits where Mm. I wake up at three in the morning and I'm like, is this my life? Is this who I am? Is this the choices I've made? Can I do better? Am I settling? Am I trying hard enough? I'm still doing those crisis summits at 3 a.m. like clockwork. Even my dog is like, it's this is getting a little bit rich. That's keeping me home more. Like, I think that's pissing Jesus off because it's keeping me home more because I'm like, well, I don't want to panic at your house. I'll panic in my own home, Uh, panic in my own sheets. I'm feeling like the reason why that's happening, in addition to all these existential issues, because, of course, I've just had a big birthday. The big three nine. You know that one. Three nine. Yeah. The last 30. The last Um, good year. (laughs) The last good year before it all goes south. I noticed that I wasn't invited to your birthday party, though. Interesting. Interesting. 
Yeah, it was at the New York Ballet. You really missed out. Um, <laughs> I find that the difference between what I think 39 and 40 is going to be is 39 is when you're on your Peloton and it's like, let's race hard. Give it everything you got. Come on, up out the seat. And when you're 40, they're like, look at you. Look at you on this wow. bike. Look at that effort. You are riding. You are here. You are here. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like that's going to be the difference between 39 and 40. So I think that's part of it. I'm really hard on myself around birthdays because I like take stock and I'm never satisfied with what I with what I see. But I'm also feeling okay back to that because I've said it a bunch of times here who I am having nothing to belong, nowhere to belong. I feel like, you know, my modus operandi, you've been an acquaintance of mine for some time, is that like understand the situation, gather data, execute. That's who I am. I have like big things I want to achieve. And so therefore I'm like a non-participant in anything that distracts me from like being very goal oriented. Like, and I think I get this because of like how close I am to my dad and and how much he was like really a, a person who was quintessential in raising me is that he was always like, listen, Maybe we could just shelve the drama for like another day. I remember telling my dad once that I hated him and he was like, that's beside the point. We have to solve this problem. And I was like, yeah, but I hate you and you don't love me. And he's like, again, a lot of feelings not solving the problem. And now I've become like the 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 reincarnation of that way of thinking. And so something that's that's starting to get on my mind because it's it's hitting me everywhere is how alone I feel with that right? How a situation arises. And I'm like, okay, understand the situation, gather all the data you can, and then execute. And I'm realizing that some people who work with me, whether I'm at work or whether I'm in a relationship or whatever it is, is like, they're like, okay, Jennifer's trying to understand the situation. I'm going to give her some data and then I'm going to execute her. And I'm like, oh no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I feel like the end goal is always different. And and of course, this episode is called Exaholics Anonymous because this doesn't manifest itself any better than in my relationship with my partner's exes. And it really allow me to take you on a journey. Kyle, when you do this in post, you're gonna give me like a like a dream sequence. Like, allow me to take you on a journey for a moment. You know, it really started with a bang with my first college boyfriend. He had been together with his girlfriend for, and we all studied together at university. So you're really close, like she's in your ecosystem, right? And they broke up and he was like, yeah, we're breaking up. We dated all through high school, but it's college now and we're done. And I want to date this other person, right? I want to date Jen. About a month into dating, she sent him a message back on the old answering machine. And she was like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Oof. And I was like the hell you are. And so you just, I just, I remember I went to Red Deer College. We drove out to Sylvan Lake. I went to the drugstore. I bought a pregnancy test in every flavor and I drove to her house and I was Start peeing. (laughs) Piss on them all because this is ridiculous, right? Like this is you just psycho bullshit and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not of that. And I think that was a really coming of age moment for me. You know, of course she's not pregnant and I'm like, there now can the theatrics be done? I don't want to go this way. You guys were together. Now you're not. Those feelings belong to you. Like I just, I just never prescribed to the theatrics of it. And so that really is me off with a bang. And then, you know, my husband, I was the first woman he'd ever dated. So I, there was no ex, there was no foil. My long-term boyfriend that I broke up with last year, he had had two ex-wives. They were really present in, in my ecosystem. And 
I think my strategy was like, oh, I'll compete. I'll compete mm -hmm. with the ghost of them. And I'm like, I don't know why I did that. That was such wasted energy because I remember just asking my former partner all the time, like, did she do this? Did, do I do it better? Do I? And I don't know why I cared. Like, I should have just been running my race. I, that's probably the, one of the biggest regrets I have. I am so far outside of my lane to say this, but from what I have read and from what I understand, there is this concept of, uh, what is it, toxic femininity where you have to compete against yeah. the other women in a man's life sort of thing. So I can understand it on that level. But it also comes down to like the very flaw of women who look at their partners and they're like, tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Am I the most pretty? Tell me I'm pretty. So there's also that. Like there's a sense of competition, but then there's also a sense of tell me I'm the best one. Can you tell me I'm pretty, Jen? I, I, you know what? Fuck you, Kyle. I tell you all the time how pretty you are. And you know and what say, you say in response. You. You're not yeah, telling exactly. me the truth. <laughs> exactly. I'm always like, do you know how good looking you are? Like those pictures from us at the ballet. I'm like, look mm. at how handsome you are. And you're like, I think you texted the wrong number. Like you just, <laughs> no, Kyle, I'm talking <laughs> to you. I'm like, you're so handsome. And you're like, Please don't say that directly at my face. But I do think you're very pretty, Kyle. It's totally normal. I'm totally well adjusted. <laughs> God, it's totally not trauma informed, I promise. So now in this new situation with Jesus, I probably am in the most high stakes situation I've ever been in because there's kids and they're little and mm. I have never dealt with that before. And so... But not a deal breaker for you. Not a deal breaker, but I have a lot of empathy for the situation. So mm. I... <laughs> I understand the situation, which is that there's a woman out there who now has a strange woman that she does not know interacting with her kids. I, and to me, if that was me, I would be like, get my gun. Like, so <laughs> I get it like from a from a from a protective standpoint. And I want to be on the record because I feel like I will talk about Jesus's ex in the future. Let me mm -hmm. just tell you this. I have a sense that she's probably if you could have an award for parent of the year, mm -hmm. they would just annually give it to her. She like you want to talk about some of the best you've seen. I suspect that that's her. Everything that I say has to live in that vein. I say to Jesus, I should probably meet this woman, right? Like if I'm going to hang out with your people, I should probably meet this person. And he was like, no, <laughs> like a hard <laughs> no. And I was like, no, <laughs> you're you're crazy. Like you would want to know, like, wouldn't you want to know if she was dating some other guy? And he's like, nope, it's just separate. And this is not going to don't do it. And I was like, oh, you're crazy. So we meet downtown. I'm buying drinks. And I'm like, this is phase two, right? Understand the situation. There's a, there's a woman right. out there that does not know me. And I'm hanging out with her children. Step two, gather data, which in this case is like, you know, tell me about yourself. And I, we're strikingly similar. Like, you can just tell that Jesus has a type, right? We're strikingly similar. And I think in another universe, I would meet her and be like, oh, this is like a quality Person, right? We have a lot in common. And she asked me a lot of questions. One of my favorites was, why in the world are you dating him? He's awful. <laughs> Which I did enjoy. I did enjoy. And then little things like, you know, what, you know, what makes you feel comfortable? What makes you feel uncomfortable? Like I'm approaching this situation from the lens of like, I don't, I want this to be like, hey, here's a person who's non-threatening to me, who's on the team, who gets that I'm the parent and she's not. I thought that'll be great. That'll be a nice little reinforcement there. And then we reach step three, which is execute. And that's when I realized we did not have the same end goal because my end goal was like, hey, is it smooth sailing? Fantastic. And her end goal was like, no, <laughs> not the same. 
now I live in this weird kind of ecosystem where like my goal was to create smooth sailing and the opposite has kind of kind of emerged. And I don't know why. In, and in what I'm way? not willing well, I'm just not willing to entertain any of the theories of of why and what way. Like some people are like, oh, she's maybe just jealous. I don't think that there's much to be jealous here. If you've ever seen me interact with a child, you'd be like, wow, this person's this is not their skill set. This is not they are not good at this. Um they, watching they me interact children. with a child. Well, no, watching me interact with with a with a child, anybody's child, is like watching a train wreck in really slow motion. It's just awful for everybody, but you cannot look away. It's a shout and float a dream, honestly. And not not to not to like give myself too much credit or kudos. I'm the exact opposite. This is where I excel, meeting other people's yes. children. It's like the best. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised of all the men and women that you're going on dates with that you wouldn't be seeking out someone who already kind of has a little ready-made family. Because I have certainly been seeking out the opposite. <laughs> right. I just have this great fear of one day having someone yell at me, you're not my dad, and then running and slamming their door and me like <laughs> crumbling into a million pieces. Kyle, I said that to you yesterday. You did fine. <laughs> and I don't care about those kind of things because I would be like, yeah, I'm not your I'm not your mother. Of course, I'm not your mother. Who said that you were? That would be a fallacy of its own argument. It's just now I'm kind of like the like I'm like an unnecessary problem. And I feel terrible for Jesus because he's like trying so hard. Like he's like standing on his own lips not to say, I told you so. I told mm. you this was going to happen. But there's just some feelings around like, you know, Jennifer's a problem. Jen's a problem. Jen's not part of this team and Jen's making the situation weird. And then God help me if I, you know, give Jesus a piece of advice that has any saliency, then it's like, I'm, I, and everything I'm doing is not helping that ecosystem, which was cr in the process of creating a new normal. And I've just really upset the whole apple cart to use an ancient expression because you can't be the only one. I don't know. I think freaking my bean, it was pretty good. So <laughs> Ugh, yuck. Every time you say that, I feel like it's like when people say moist, I feel all the hairs on the back of my, on the back of my neck. But I just feel like, you know, last week we talked about the emotional baggage that we carry into new relationships. But sometimes when there's kids, pets, debt, family, mutual friends, similar work, same job, we can actually continue to carry the entire ex into a new relationship. And that is certainly my normal as I mm -hmm. as I'm facing down what the future holds with Jesus. And I think it's keeping me like a foot in two canoes, honestly, if I'm just being honest. Thoughts? Well, I mean, you talk about having a, uh, some people having a type, like Jesus having a type. I wonder if maybe you have a type of man that you go for, they're like, oh, I can analyze, I can gather data and then I can execute. Like, it's almost like yes. you're going into a relationship to solve the problem or solve the issue. Mm. And that's what's attractive to you of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. and uh, not just that, but like dress them up like little dolls. I had a girlfriend once who told me that she her favorite part about being friends with me is that she would watch me date someone new and then slowly watch them evolve into the Eddie Bauer catalog. Want to go to the fishbowl? I'm just going to say, before we go to the fishbowl then, while I don't necessarily have any experience of like dating somebody where I have to interact with an ex very much, there was a period of time in university where I did have to interact with my own ex within the same friend group. So Whoa. within that, yeah. So in second year of university, I was set up on this date, which became multiple dates with this uh, with this girl. I should just, by the way, just trigger warning for anyone out there. 
this is gonna end like really really sad so if you're not uh, down for like epic sadness maybe skip ahead a little bit if you're not down for epic sadness people haven't been listening to the last 33 weeks of this podcast well, yeah it's gonna involve death but okay so <laughs> oh my god i'm, I'm not Kyle. i'm not joking i'm not joking i was roommates with this i'm gonna use his real name i was roommates with this guy named jamie we met in second year he was dating a girl at that time and she was friends with this other girl and she was like oh you would be perfect for this girl named kim you uh, should go yes. out on a date with her and i was like okay like i was so in my shell and insulated and like still small town and like i'm gonna die alone and like that whole thing so we go we meet we have similar interests we're both nerdy that was the first person i ever had absinthe with in my life that was a fun night wow <laughs> and we did start dating it was my first time like making out with like somebody like the, it was a whole like a lot of firsts i checked off with kim i was a real piece of shit though because I wasn't like fully out yet. I didn't know what I wanted. And uh, this is what I said to an actual other human being when she said, I feel that there's some like weirdness emanating from you. And then I said to her, to her face, uh, I don't think I'm in love with you. <gasps> that ended the relationship right then and there. How long had you been together at this point? Uh, oh, gosh, like six weeks, five weeks, something like that. And was she falling in love with you? Yes. Kyle. And I felt bad. And I still feel bad about how I phrased that. And then she died. Well, kind of. Not right Wait, away. What? Not Not right away. I shouldn't say that. We actually ended up getting becoming friends like a few years after that. And we were in touch and we were like sending messages back and forth. The, the very tragic part about her life is that she did take her own life here a few years ago. <sighs> so that was a whole thing I had to deal with. And that was like the first time it was like someone who I was very intimate with. Right. Passing away and, and doing it in a very extreme manner. So, But do you think you carry any of that with you? I do, yes. I'm not so narcissistic as thinking like, oh, I caused this to happen. But I do feel shame as being like, I really should have A, approached that situation better, but also B, been a better communicator even when we started to like reconnect with each other years later. I'm so sorry. Now we're going to go to the world's saddest fishbowl. Great. Well, let me just fish out my own keys here. Jen, we Ooh, have... This is very sad. full. You can see this. It is super yeah. full here this week. So Crazy. here's question number one. My 32-year-old boyfriend and I broke up one and a half years ago after 10 years together. Ooh, He's with boy. somebody else new. He's with someone new, but I can't move on until I get closure. But every time I reach out to get it, I'm accused of making a mess of his new relationship. I know he's just gaslighting me. Oh, I have some opinions here. How do I get him to stop and give me the closure I deserve? Jen? Thank you for submitting your question. Men don't like closure. They'll never give it to you. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. Kyle, you have some thoughts? Well, they're sort of similar in a way. I was going to go more broad with it that no one owes you closure. I know that that's True. what everybody craves and wants and like that's how we move on and stuff like that but we don't necessarily get to dictate whether or not we get closure or not the the hardship of moving on is that it's just a process uh, i i get a little bit weirded out by this like i know he's gaslighting me and i like demand closure i don't know that feels like a weird sentiment in a way to me yeah it sounds to me like the closure is going to be you versus yourself mm-hmm yeah, I, I, I'm always reticent when people are like, oh, he's just gaslighting me because he's telling me what, like, he's not telling me what I want to hear. No, what you're asking him is to make your reality his reality. 
And if it isn't his reality, he's not gaslighting you. He's just giving you his perspective. Clearly wants to move on. Doesn't mm-hmm. feel you need, you need closure. And that's his choice. And it's up to you now to do the work to, to move on and be ready for somebody else. Unless his name is Charles Boyer. He's not gaslighting you is what we're trying to say. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Um, okay. Next question was, I was over my ex. Then he started dating someone new. And it's like I'm going through the breakup all over again. Help. Not really a question, but Jen, what do you have to say? Oh, there is a, there is, that is not a question, but that is genuinely a cry for help. Mm -hmm. Um, I can relate to this genuinely on both sides, being the new girl and seeing the ex struggle. And I've been the ex that struggled. There is a fresh kind of hell that reemerges when your ex moves on to someone else, because then you have a face and a name and a whole being that goes on to the person that is going Mm -hmm. to try to achieve the goal that you had, which is to be with that person. It is hard. And I think like, this is another question submitted by a woman. So in the spirit of generalizing women, which, you know, that's also a thought crime. I I will say that women are taught to compete with women. We're taught to compare. And this is an example of you being given a perfect comparison. Uh, and you know what? It's it's also a little bit about vanity, right? Anyone who's got a couple of extra pounds always looks at the new girlfriend. And then one of the first things is, how thin are they? How tall is she? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for some people, it's, there's a finality there. For some people, it's about um, losing that access point. Like there's, it's the point of no return. It's it, It's officially fully, fully then severed at that point. And then I think for a lot of people, it can be about this is the living reincarnation of what I wanted and will not achieve even if the relationship ends mutually or you're the one doing the breakup it can still be really hard that's what i was going to ask like do you think it matters whether or not it was you that was broken up with or you initiated the breakup you know what i think it's hard on both sides but i do think it is harder when it's not of your own uh because then you're having to settle for option b that wasn't your option you were not the curator of that of that outcome so i do think that that is harder but i think it can occur on on both sides whether you instigated the breakup or or he she did what do you think it's so easy to look at that other person and be like oh what was the secret that they were able to figure out in order for this relationship to work but then you're just into this comparing game that there's no winners <laughs> uh inside of so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard. I can't get over my ex who was so shit to me, but so good to his new girlfriend. Why does this bother me so much? I'm over him. You're not. You're not. Uh, no, it's because you're human. It's because you're human and it has to do with value. I mean, one of the things that no matter how you were raised or where you're from or how much money you had or the, the self-esteem that you have, the thing that unites us all together as people is the idea that we look to others and say, Do you see me? Do you hear me? And is what I am valuable to you? And when you see someone that you loved and you have the perception that they tried, they didn't try with you, but they will try with another person, Mm -hmm. uh, it can be quite gutting. It can be quite gutting. I often wonder if that isn't the experience that's going on with Jesus right now. You know, something that Jesus has talked a lot about was in my previous relationship, I just, I let it come apart. Like, why couldn't I just go to Nordstrom? Why couldn't I just... Why couldn't I just, you know, watch the stupid Netflix show? Like, like it just, everything came apart and we created so much distance that then we couldn't come back together and then it, it, and then it just broke. And so you see him really trying with me. Like I watch him try to remember to open doors and we were at a store the other day and he's like, I can hold your purse. Don't put it down. I could just, I'll just hold it. 
And I don't think he would have ever have done that. His previous partner, I don't know. I don't want to weigh into their space. But what I'm saying is like, it is, we don't give people credit for the evolution of thought. We don't do this in the political space or the social space. If you said one thing 20 years ago, we never give you any credit for evolution of thought. And I think in a relationship, we never give a partner credit that they might cognitively be thinking, I want to do better. I don't want this. I don't want the heartache that I had to repeat itself. So I'm going to try to do better. We have a tendency not to see that as like the way we are. We have a tendency to see it as this is a personal slight against me. Well, I think it's there's two different things going on here. I think that this is such a cliche to say, but humans are such creatures of habit that relationships we have, whether it's friendship, family, whatever, there are certain things that you allow or don't allow or like whatever jokes you'll make or like just ways you present yourself are so different inside of those scenarios that you're right. When you go to a new relationship, I think there is or can be that evolution. It's like, oh man, like when I was dating this person, like they always got on my case for doing this, this, and this. So maybe what I should do is not do that from day one with this person. And then it's so much easier if you make that a habit in the new relationship just to not do those things. When you were with the previous person, it's like, well, this just is the thing I do. And I keep going and I do it all the time. Not that that necessarily makes it right, but it is kind of just this reality of of the situation. So just like you had mentioned, Jen, here earlier, how you're unfortunately good at like building these people up so that they're really great with their next relationships (laughs) that they have. Yes, I do it for a living. I'm the Marie Kondo of <laughs> That's relationship right. rescue yeah but i think that might be what's what's going on here where it's like yeah your relationship with this person was not working and did not work but you unfortunately were able to give him the necessary tools to make this next relationship work but you have to you have to separate those two things like there's being over him and mm. then there's feeling sad that it just it just didn't happen for you there can mm. be the feeling like you can be over someone but then you can also reflect disappointment. That person couldn't have treated you that way or it couldn't have, you know, the effort couldn't have been put there. Separate those emotions and honor them both, I would say. Unqualified. So. <laughs> All right. Next question. My boyfriend's new girlfriend has no idea what boundaries are. I have three kids with my ex and she stepped right in to be the new mom, undermining my authority, judging me. And making it really hard to have the type of conversation I need to have with my ex. I feel she can't be the middle of everything. What do I do? Because I've had it. Oh, man. The Jen. only way forward is through. The only <laughs> way forward is through. I mean, this this happens. And it can happen for two reasons. One, it's the road of the road to hell being paved with really good intentions. Or there's just someone who's just being difficult because they don't know how to survive in that ecosystem. So... If it's not malicious, communication will help you. If it is malicious, some really dynamic communication is going to get you through. Yeah, man, a long road, I think, with the people that overstep. This is so hard. I feel so unqualified trying to answer this. I, I <laughs> If you do, I'm you, like completely off the map. Uh, this is so hard. This is so hard because there's kids involved. and But, but just know, if, if you rear your temper nothing's going to get solved. You, this is a, such a classic example, I think, of having to stay incredibly calm and incredibly focused and being super impeccable with your word, or you're going to have a triad of conflict. And those conflicts, once you get in them, are hard to get out of because you're still forming. You're still forming into a new group. I don't know. 
I, I think you first have to look at, you have to really, really, really step back and look at the motivation because if it's just honest, right? Like if it's just honest and I'll just use myself as an example, I love to shop because I don't have any hobbies that involve exercise. I really love to shop. I've just always been this way. I love to find a deal. I love to, and I love to dress up. And so with Jesus's kids, I'm always like, if I see something, I'll pick it up. And it's only recently that I've kind of been laying awake and thinking, I wonder if that's an overstep. Like my intention is not to dress someone else's kids. My intention is so that when they open their little closet and they see something new, they're like happy to, to see it. I don't even need credit for it. They're just like, hey, look, something new. And it's fun and easy for me. And I, I do it from my own heart. It's, it's a way for me to show emotion in a world where I don't like to show emotion. But if their mother were to sit down with me and say like, it really, really bugs me. I don't like what you're dressing them in. I don't like that you're dressing them. Uh, and I had this, or I was getting the same feedback from Jesus. I would stop right away. Like, I'd be like, oh, okay, sorry. Again, mm -hmm. I'm just gathering facts and I will execute the will because I want to be a team player. So I think you have to look at what is the goal of this new person? Is it to be a team player? Is it to be part of the ecosystem? Or is it to be like Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball? I don't have anything to add. I think you're much more qualified <laughs> in your unqualified advice, Jen, than what I'm going to be. So next question is, my ex brings his new girlfriend to everywhere I am. The restaurant where I work, the bar I hang out at, the movie place I go to. I don't know why he wants to flaunt her. I get it. He didn't want me. Why rub it in my face? And how do I get it to stop? You need to assert your dominance by taking out his jugular. That's the only way he'll respect yeah, you. Yeah, shiv him in the neck. Listen, I I just want to say in the... In the he, th this is definitely insecurity. Can I just say that? It's total insecurity totally. on his part. Totally. Um, but I, I think we can agree with this with this statement. And, and let me try to get it as good as I can. Your ex is a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Supremo <laughs> dick. This is terrible. I, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. Yeah. I think you got to face it head on and you have to say like, that's enough. That's enough. Mm -hmm. And say what you wrote in the question. I get it. You didn't want me. But I think you need to ask yourself why you want to rub it in my face. And yeah. then maybe you even need to say to the to the new girlfriend, like, do you really want to be where I am? Or would you like to date him independent of the carnage of me? I think that's the big thing, right? It's like, why are you constantly putting us into the same room together? Don't you want to be by yourselves? Don't you want to like celebrate this thing yeah. as a couple and not all, always be constantly bringing me into the equation? Yeah, I think you got to, yeah, you got to call a spade a spade there. Oh, man. Can you imagine, Kyle? Oh, God, the worst. Just like a peacock walking into the movie theater. Look at this. Look at who I'm with. Yeah. I do. I just do what most women do. I'm which just is, trying to eat my medium popcorn with layered butter, man. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. I just do what most women do, which is that after you break up with someone, you just pretend they died. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're alive. Yeah. I have no desire to run into an ex. I'll run right into a wall to get out of that. But that probably says a lot more about me than it does about the people I've dated. Have you ever... I mean, this is such a dumb question. I have done this in my life. Saw someone that I was on like a single like Tinder date with and be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a phone call, like fumbling with the phone, like go the other opposite way and like talking. There's no one calling me. I'm just faking it. I have to tell you, it's <laughs> happened to me twice. I've run into an ex twice mm -hmm. and both times, separate exes, both times in my effort to get away from the situation, drew the maximum amount of attention toward myself. Once I was trying to like dodge out of a restaurant and I like went plowing into the door 
but it was one of the restaurants where they only unlocked one side of the double oh, door. God, yeah, yeah. So the bang just drew everyone toward me. The second time was I was at the I was at the theater. I was at a comedy show and I ran into an ex and I was like, he's gonna see me. So I was like, hi, how are you? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing great too. And he's like, well, I don't think you're doing that great because your dress is tucked into your Spanx. <laughs> so that's me uh, somehow his tires were deflated by the end of the movie i don't know how but it happened so crazy so crazy my boyfriend and i were together for eight years i wanted to marry him after the first year but he wasn't ready now he's been with someone new for eight months and they're getting married i had to find out about it on facebook and i'm gutted Oh, and to make it so much better, his mother loves her. She fucking hated me. This question could have been submitted by me, honestly. Mm -hmm. I have to just tell you, I don't know if I have good advice, but I do have a story that I think might, <laughs> might apply here. I had been with my, what would be soon to be husband, now ex-husband, for like five, five years. And we were remarking on the fact that our mutual friend met somebody else and they dated, got engaged, and were getting married within six months. And they had this big wedding. My other girlfriend says to my soon-to-be ex-husband, isn't it amazing how fast this all came together? Like 15 minutes ago, she was brokenhearted about this boyfriend that she thought was going to be together forever. Then she meets someone else, and now they're engaged, and now we're at this huge, big wedding. And then my partner says to her, well, when you know, you know. And I was like, what do you mean you, when you know, you know? We've been together for five years. What don't you know? And he was like, oh, well, it doesn't apply to everybody. And I was like, well, I don't know. You seem pretty you confident seem pretty to confident say here. when you know, you know. So it's been five years. What don't you know? And it's at this wedding that I'm thinking, I live with this guy. I have a mortgage with this guy. I have a dog with this guy. I'm sharing an Ikea credit card with this guy. We have shared meatballs. What, what else do we, we have? have? We have meatball debt together. I, I kind of feel like this happens. You hear about this all the time. Couples that were together forever. The other person wasn't ready, wasn't ready, wasn't ready. Goes and meets someone else and immediately they're married. You hear about this all the time. And I think it's just people come to their come to their moments at the time that they come to their moment. I wonder, I, I think it go, ties back again to that insecurity of being able to be like, I'm comfortable, but I'm not fully happy. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if they would even be able to verbalize that. It's like, no, no, like I love them. They're great. I, I, I want to spend time with them all the time, but I don't want to marry them. Or maybe they're so enamored in the honeymoon phase that mm. it feels like so much joy after such a long period of time that you're like, I have to seize this. And I want to get married. I don't want to forget the back half of this question because I think it matters quite a bit, which is that she found out about it on Facebook. Kyle, if you were together for, with someone for eight years and they, you broke up and then he immediately, he, she, they immediately got engaged to someone else, would you want to hear it from them or would you want to hear it on Facebook or would you not care? Well, again, don't say you wouldn't care. I know you. Never mind. That's not no, an option. But I mean, I mean, according to your rules, uh, they did die right after we stopped dating. <laughs> right. Obviously, yes. So, well, I don't think they owe it to me. I don't think they need to phone me up and be like, "Hey, by the way, I'm I'm going to marry this person." Like, it's really none of my business at that point. So, oh, I feel like those might be rose-colored glasses. 
my former partner and I were together for nine years and he met someone new right away. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because he was like the town bicycle. Everybody was getting a turn in the last four years we were together. But I did see like someone took a screenshot of him with his new person on Facebook and like the stuff in my storage unit wasn't even cold yet. Like I was really thrust out for someone new. And I think it was really hard because, you know, to hear him say like, you know, this is the one. And I was like, "Mm, pretty sure I was the one. And then all of the comments from all the people we mutually knew who said things like, oh, I've never seen you happier. Congratulations on finally finding happiness. I'm just like, oh, fuck you all. (laughs) Honestly. Double fingers as you back out of the room. I was just like, what circle jerk is this? No, thank you. So I I have to say that was really gutting. And I would have liked to have heard like even a text message, like I've met someone new and it's public. Mm. Suck it. Like, I don't even care. I just didn't to hear about it on social media, I think is so, so gutting. So, so gutting. Here's the thing. Our next question is also about social media where they start. I'm in Facebook hell. I just have to Mm. say, get off Facebook. It's a terrible place. Just don't go there. My ex's new wife posts shit about me all the time on facebook then i respond and then we get into this huge battle on facebook it happens once a month and it's been going on for three years it has to stop i've tried a restraining order talking to my ex threatening her so all the options there's just nothing i can do to make it stop help me help me well, girl, take a deep breath. This is another question submitted by a woman. Girl, take a deep breath, honestly, because the two greatest skills you can put in your toolkit, regardless if it's at work or at home or in your everyday pursuits of, of living your best life, the two things that you have to remember are there's no greater power than dropping the rope, right? Give, giving people nothing to pull on is boring and they move on, right? Mm-hmm. So dropping the rope is the first piece of advice. And the second piece of advice is to remember that This kind of conflict is like wrestling pigs in the mud. You get dirty and they like it, right? So I think it's important to understand that your efforts to defend yourself are efforts that are being used to fuel this. Mm -hmm. And you own that part. Like that's the reality therapy for you. You own this part. The minute you engage, you validate. Okay, now I'm starting to sound like Oprah, but what you permit in your life you promote. And I think that's why I'm I'm struggling on this topic tonight is because I'm not going to permit a whole lot of bullshit. If people want to to perpetuate conflict, make people that are there to help villains and enemies and whatever, that's up to them. That's their experience. But when you fuel it, when you give it fire by pulling back on that rope or saying, "Yeah, I'll wrestle with you," you own your part in saying, "Not only do I permit this, but I'm going to promote it. Just take a step back and realize like the people who know you, know you. You don't need to do your PR on social media. Just relax. And take it from Kyle and I, who have both had some pretty nasty shit said about us on, on Facebook. I've been called all sorts of things. And someone once said, Kyle's too tall. So, you know, we all take it <laughs> on, on social media. It. Well, here's the thing. I agree with everything you've said here so far. One thing I'll just add on is just the, the general incompatibility that social media provides actually having arguments and discussions about things social media can be great about finding out new information to be sharing stuff that you love even connecting with like a community that of like-minded people but when it comes to defending yourself 
having hard political discussions, having nuanced cultural arguments. Social media is the worst place to do it for two different reasons. Number one, you are not having this conversation between you and the other person. You are having it in front of an audience. And that actually does change how that gets framed. Because now, whether you want to or not, there is a performative aspect that starts to come out when you are arguing or having a conversation in front of people versus having that same conversation with just the two of you together. A, I agree. She shouldn't be posting this stuff that's attacking you anyways. B, though, the worst thing you can do is try to defend yourself on the Facebook platform. Unless you 100% know that this is in good faith, that they're coming with this argument, that's the only time you can do it. Otherwise, move this offline and have that conversation with them. I have no a sense way. that there's... No way. No way. No, I'm just saying, I, I have a sense that this is, that still would not end well, based on yeah. what she's done here already. But if you are wanting to entertain that argument and quote unquote defend yourself you're doing this in person no way but you're still you're still picking up the rope you're still picking up the rope i disagree totally i think run your race and move on and if people want to destroy you that's their legacy not yours no way move on move down new cup is what they would say in alice in wonderland my boyfriend and his ex are really good friends and i think that's wrong there's nothing tying them together i think they should be done and he should be focused on building a new life with me I know I sound like a total bitch even writing this question, but I know there's a lot of people out there that would agree with me, which I'm sure is true. But, but Jen, what do you say? No way. You're going first on this. <laughs> there's a lot of factors that I think would impact my answer on this. I would like to know more information, but in a general sense, I am one of those weirdos who believes that it's not entirely out of the question to be friends with an ex. It just, it really, really depends on how things ended and a lot of other factors. But just on the basis that they're still friends, I don't think that that's wrong. Yeah. Like if you want to be a collector of red flags, date someone who wants to decide who you can and cannot be friends with. Last I checked, we all had free will to have free association with whom we wanted to. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Kyle. Mm -hmm. It's people who are like, let's compete. Let's create a problem. Let's create conflict. If they have a, if they were better off friends than they were partners, I think that that's okay that they can remain friends. And I think it's really telling that you're looking to rally cry around thou shall love only one girl and only one girl and praise that only one girl. I think that you need to take a step back. I think you're totally in the wrong here. And um, I think, you know, your partner has a right to be friends with whomever they want to be friends with. And if you're going to try to control that ecosystem, what else are you trying to control? Check mm-hmm. yourself. I think you're totally in the wrong here. Well, that's the fishbowl this week here, Jan. I felt like I was very mean in this bowl. You don't have to say in this bowl with that sentence. <laughs> now who's mean? <laughs> yeah, now, now who's, who's mean? mean? You know, if you want to submit a question to the fishbowl, you can do so by going to our website, which is www.somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. That's also where you can just submit your answers to the question of the week and, you know, give us this content to talk about on this podcast. We also have a bunch of social media options for you, which is you can go to uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or at Somebody Date on all of those platforms. You can go and hit us up on there and uh, interact with all of the crazy people that we meet on a weekly basis. My last thought on this Friday night is this, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Why can't we all just get along? 
Why can't we all just put on our sexy pajamas like you and I, pour another glass of white wine and just say, yeah, if I'm going to play with you, I'm going to play nice. This has been Somebody Date Jen and Kyle on this Friday night. We'll see you next Friday. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Good night, everybody. Bye.